Oh my god. I learned how to make a lunar rover, guys. What? Cool. Lunar rover. That's cool. Now you can stage the moon landing. Yeah. I have the moon. Yep. I've got the rover. So what is the moon? It's the moon. Uh, it's it's a big orb. It's just, like it's just an orb that just sits there. there. Yeah. It hovers and glows. Rotates I put one slowly. In, I put one, like, by a... Out, like, you can't actually get to it. It's across the river. It's on, like, a 4x4 plot of land. And there's, like, a stone gate that you can, like, <laughs> see it through. It's Does it give off light? Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, like I mean, very, it's luminescent, it's, but it doesn't, like... No, it's, yeah. yeah, it wouldn't, like, light up a room. Yeah, but it, like, glows. And you both got the recipe for this. No, Lee gave it to me, because I swallowed the moon. <laughs> oh, right. I, I sent him a moon, and I wrote in the letter the line from It's a Wonderful Life. What do you want? You want to swallow the moon and lasso you the moon? Lasso the moon, are you going I'll lasso you the moon. And you can swallow it, see? <laughs> It'll, it'll dissolve, it'll come out your fingers. It'll have moonbeams coming out of your hairs. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll pleasure myself when you describe the moon dissolving. Watch this, the podcast where a three friends sit down with a troubled movie, drink a themed cocktail, discuss what worked, what didn't, how they would fix it. But today is our mini, so we're just going to announce our next movie, what drink we're going to do, and have a little chat. I am Chris Ravel. I'm Lee Delahanty. I'm Brendan Drischler. Uh, and that's us. Um, Full channel. Oh, sure. <laughs> so, yeah, in, in two weeks' time, we're going to be watching the ScarJo vehicle, The Nanny Diaries. Is it right? I don't know. I it is a ScarJo vehicle. It's from 2007, The Nanny Diaries, directed by, who the fuck did this movie? Sherry Springer Berman and Robert Pulcini. It was in the wave of uh, post-Devil Wears Prada adaptations of, like, everyone, popular chiclet books. That, everyone like, was scrambling for that paperback. Right, we were all trying to find books that were, like, you know, like... A, Based off of true occurrence, like, right? Not just Chicklet, though, because it's always really smart, but undervalued young woman serving much more powerful. Well, yeah, but I was also going to say, like, it's more, it's, you know, it's from people who live this life, right? So it's like a thinly veiled autobiographical story about a young woman working as a nanny for a rich couple. Well, and it's always, like, in these books, of which there were many clones and spinoffs, it's always just, it's always, like, money being, it's everyone's rich, and usually except for the narrator. Yeah. Did you know in a distant sequel to that book, um, she meets the child that she nannied as an adult in Foxham? No, and I didn't need to know that either, so thank you. Thank you, too. Yep. Uh, yeah, but it's got Scarlett Johansson. It's also got Laura Linney, so it has that going for it. Oh, cool. And Paul Giamatti. Is she, like, the boss? Yeah. And uh, Chris Evans. So Really? Once again, Chris Evans shows up to be a hunky neighbor. Ooh, was this before or after uh, cellular? Cell phone. Cellular. cellular, cell phone, cellular? This was after cellular, cellular, cell phone, cellular. I don't okay. know if it was before or after What's Your Number, which I thought yeah. is what you were going I, to that's ask. That's Being another rom-com with I Chris Evans' I know that What's interest. Your Number happened after this. Um, uh, what drink are we going to do for it? So the drink uh, is called an Upper East Side Spritzer. It's going to be, because that's all I got. Great name. Yep, there are no lines of dialogue from this movie on IMDb yeah. that are any good. Yeah. Um, it's going to be four ounces of raspberry wine, two ounces of seltzer, and two ounces of lemonade. So it's going to be something light and frothy like the gals would have during brunch. Something light and fruity. Yes. <laughs> Um, Let's keep it light and fruity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. Um, it's, I'm a little I'm tired. tired. I feel zapped from this heat. Yeah, it's um, very hot. 
Yeah. You guys might hear our little AC humming away in the background. Our little AC humming away. Hum away, baby. Chugga chugga. Uh, but it is frankly too hot this week to not have it on, so that's just what it is. She um, hated. Definitely. I I think I walked outside for literally ten minutes and felt exhausted. Yeah, I did like a half hour. I did a half hour and it was terrible. Yeah, I got back in and I was like, you know what, we're good. Don't need to go out ever again. Um, Yeah, never. I'm never stepping outside. Uh, But tonight we we, I feel like we 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 settled in with a pretty like funny light movie. Uh, Zipped along. Continuing our why don't we watch this miniseries? Yeah, or Um, our Carl Reiner mini film festival. (laughs) That's true. Um, uh, yeah, we watched, uh, Fatal Attraction mm-hmm. with no. Armando's... No, we didn't. No. Nope. <laughs> we watched Fatal, Fatal Instinct. Instinct. Sorry. Yep. Sorry. We watched Fatal Instinct. From uh, 1993, directed by Carl Reiner. Yep. Starring Armando Sante, Sean Young, uh, a bunch of other people. Sherilyn Fenn. Yeah. Uh, Kate Nelligan. Clemens. Yeah. Uh... Is Space McDonald. Yeah, basically, if you can't tell, it's a parody. Ostensibly, I was thinking about this when I was watching it today, how it is ostensibly a parody of um, Fatal Attraction and Basic Instinct. And those elements are there. And they are there, but it's also swallowed in, like, this film noir sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. Despite the fact that it's set, like, in modern times, because, like, they have TVs and everything. Right. It's still, like, kind of also parodying sort of Film noir there's a lot of like Hitchcock. There's a yeah. lot of Hitchcock. There's a there's a direct the postman always rings twice reference. There's um, one of the subplots is sort of a double indemnity riff. Um, it's kind of like I think it's honestly whatever they could get in there. It is. Yeah. I mean, it kind of it's a little like it's it's more structured than say like you know the epic movie genre of yes. parodies, yeah. where it's just like I don't know this is a movie that came out. Why don't we make fun of it for a while? Yeah, there, but it, it has a lot of similarities in like in style, I think, to, like, airplanes. Yeah, like, despite not involving, like, any creative team of airplanes, it feels like airplanes. It gave me a lot of feelings of Naked Gun, particularly the fact that we're watching this, uh, this, like, thriller adventure, but it's very spoofy. Yeah. Um, and also, Armin Asante is not really known for as comedy. a comic actor. But right? I want to <laughs> start with saying, I think he acquits himself Phenomenally yeah, you know, I think there's something to be said in Airplane shows this as well about hiring, like, a straight man to play a comic character, because, like, if, if like, that's what they're known for doing that's what they do well like you can just have them be deadly serious about everything and yeah. everyone else gets to bounce off of them and there's something to be said for being a good straight man in a comedy like this yeah like the the guy like was it Hayes something the guy that plays the pilot in Airplane yeah they have a very similar energy of like just doing what they normally do but right like, I was thinking like <laughs> Leslie Nielsen even in Airplane yeah. which is like he's just like the doctor he like you know he's not mugging or anything he just like comes in and is like yeah. very droll like you know that being said, there are moments where Armando Sante gets to, like, let loose and be goofy. Like, where he's wearing heels and doesn't dance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, I love, um, I know we're just, like, there's no structure to this at all, but, like, that he, like, jumps on that riding mower when he can't get into, uh... <laughs> Sean Young's oh, house. Sean Young's yes, house. he just, like, drives through her wall. just when he, like, throws, a, like, a, a chair. steel yeah. deck chair, like, yeah. against the glass. And, and it just, and like, the chair shatters. Breaks, yeah. But... <laughs> There's not really a whole lot we can say in terms of, like, the plot to this movie, because the plot is really, like, as it is with a lot of these movies, it's kind of an afterthought. Like, yeah. it's like a, it doesn't it's, really matter. It's, like, roughly, he's got a wife that's banging the mechanic. Right, who wants him dead so she can collect they, insurance yeah, they, money. Yeah, the two of them want to kill him for insurance money. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's, like, another woman who's, like, secretly the wife's twin sister. Who's right. trying to, like... Ruin the marriage? Ruin she's, the marriage. like, the femme fatale. Type. She's a femme fatale, and basically... And that's Sean Young. Like, yeah, Sean Young. And Sean Young has, like, beef with her sister, because right. her sister stole her man when they were in high school. Well, well, she's trying to sabotage. She smash Young Young in the yeah. face with a shovel. So yeah. she's trying to like sort of sabotage their marriage, right? So like get back at her at her sister, 
And then there's like the sort of like faithful secretary. His girl Friday. To, like yeah, his the, girl Friday character. The doting secretary who's yeah. like secretly in love with yeah, her. Who, who has an abusive. <laughs> yeah, who has also has an abusive like ex husband, ex boyfriend. Yeah. Who I guess he just went overboard on that boat, right? He had died? No. I thought he. I he comes back in the end. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, or we, we were to believe that he had. Died. I don't know. I think you're just I'm meant to think that yeah. she escaped. Yeah. yeah. Because you do see that shot of him on the beach, like looking down at the floor. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it impl- I think it implies that, like, perhaps she wanted him to think that she was dead. Yeah. But I don't think we assume that he is dead. That he's just had a time tracking her down. Got it. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, who knows? What, like, what's the timing of this? I don't know. Yeah, but but there's, there's just, like, the amount of shit that goes on, there's, like, that's not even it. There's, like, the guy that's trying to kill him because he failed to get him out of a prison sentence. Right. Yes. James Remar. Which, yeah. it, he's sort of the Cape Fear aspect of Yeah, the and then, like, yeah. for all of this bullshit, this movie is, like, again, a tight 90. A tight yeah, 90. A tight 90. Well, the thing I think is sort of funny is, like, well, two things. I think, one, the fact that it is so overstuffed with plot lines and, like, overlapping schemes is part of the joke, right? I mean, yeah. It's, it is supposed to be, like, silly and ridiculous and over-the-top in that way. But I also think if this movie was, like, slightly less good, it would not have been able to pull this off quite so well. Yeah, well, it's because, like, every scene, even if it's, like, really stupid, like, every scene is funny, even if it does almost nothing. Yeah. But the thing is, they'll, like, usually address something, like, a like she kills, she's trying to kill her husband, but she accidentally kills the guy who's trying to also kill her husband. Right. On the <laughs> because he's wearing the, he's wearing, he's wearing the same suit. Yeah. yeah. And so, like... That's theoretically like this new wrinkle of like, oh, now like she's going to be arrested for murder and they have to deal with that. But they like literally get they, the trial is like the next scene and yeah. the trial is done like one and done. And yeah. One yeah. Scene, and she gets out scot free. So right. like that's the pace of this movie. Right. Like nothing really matters at the end of the day. Yeah. It's all just, you know, goose and spoofs. Yeah. Like, a complication comes up. It is resolved like one scene or two yeah. scenes later at most. I mean, it really is like. As with most of these parody movies, like, oh, you don't like that joke? Well, wait five seconds, another one's coming. I was just about to say, the the structure is very gag a minute, and uh, the the plot, therefore, really is just there to set up more gags. Yeah. Um, but I had not seen this movie probably since I was, like, ten, and it was, like, playing on Comedy Central when I was growing up, um, but I had... I was delighted to watch it again. There were so many jokes that came back to me. There is our favorite joke that gets referenced all the time, the I love recess. I love recess. <laughs> when the court goes they onto a recess in the court and then it cuts to all everyone like playing on like the swings and yeah. like playing dodgeball. Yeah. yeah. And then the bailiff is like, recess is over and then the judge is like this like what's this Stone face character man. actor? That I, I've seen before, but he's just like stone faced the whole time, but he's like walking towards camera and just staring off in the distance and goes, I love free stuff. <laughs> oh, it's Tony Randall. Tony oh, Randall. How about that? I didn't recognize him. He's old. Yes. Yeah. Old Tony Randall. It's so old Tony Randall. Old Tony. It's it's true that there's I guess not a lot to talk about in terms of plot, but I guess if we just wanted to throw out there what like some of our favorite moments or gags were, like things about it in general that you were really enjoying. I don't know. I, I when I was a kid, I probably took it more not more seriously, not that much more seriously. You probably just didn't get as many of the jokes. I would imagine. No, I think I. I mean, I, I if I didn't get them, I still found they were funny. Yeah. I mean, because you were saying something, Chris, about yes. how like if you had watched this when you were a kid, you referenced specifically the one gag where they pull the um the fatal attraction thing where mm-hmm. she spreads her legs and she's not wearing underwear, and so he reaches into his desk and pulls out, like, a box of, like, paper panties or something, like, a tissue box, yeah, basically, yeah. and throws one at her, and you had said something like that if you were a kid, you wouldn't have understood why that's funny. I didn't. I would like, specifically I think that I would it. still understand why. Like, you would find it funny, not because you knew there was referencing a movie, but you'd find it ridiculous that he has, like, a tissue box yeah. full oh. of underwear to throw at a woman. So it's like... 
you might not get why it's specifically funny, mm-hmm. but there are aspects of it that you would find funny. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, there's I don't think I I'm I, just saying I, you're a weird kid. I still didn't know I mean I still laughed as a kid. I just didn't like I, I didn't put it together in the same way that I did as an adult. I just didn't know until today that uh, the basic insight. I didn't know the um or fatal attraction. Was it which one movie was it? Which fatal attraction? The, the, the rabbit. The rabbit is fatal attraction. Yeah, yeah I I don't Glenn never, Close kills I've a rabbit. still like never seen either of these movies. Uh, the bit where Sean Young springs out with the ice pick that's also fatal. Yeah, the ice pick is very fatal. But attraction. I feel like ice pick is like uh, ice pick is it is. But that was like but that was like specific. That's yeah. specifically where she leaps out with her hands already raised in a stab. That's uh, Glenn Close does that yeah. in um, fatal attraction. But she also has, like, a, a convenient, like, selected ice... What is it called? Like, like pick-up pick or something like that? You pick ice pick? You pick ice pick pack. You pick ice pick pack? Yeah. Just, like, a leather-bound... Yeah, with, like, various picks. different sizes ice picks. Yeah. I love that. I love that, <laughs> like, incredibly long take of her exhaling smoke in his face. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've seen similar gags, sister gags to that in other movies, but the, I can't think of the, the absurd sex scene between oh, yeah. Sean Young and Armand Asante is, like, hilarious. Yeah, it mostly reminded me of how bad the sex scene in Dark Shadows was. Because <laughs> yes. it was like that. It was like that, oh, where they're, like, throwing each other around, like, yeah. destroying the room, and it, it was just kind of like, uh, mm, okay. But here it was, like, funny, and I yeah. laughed. <laughs> I mean, was it supposed well, to be funny in Dark Shadows? I think it was I, supposed to be kind of funny in Dark Shadows. There was a lot of total problems in Dark Shadows. But it wasn't, like, goofy enough. Right, that, yeah. Right? yeah. It, it just, it goes, in that it goes on for too long. And here it's just, like, it's a bunch of quick shots of, like, various <laughs> people. It's, like, well, it's first like, it's, like, them rolling up in a rug. They're, yeah. like, rolled up in a rug. Like, rolling on the floor. They roll themselves up in a rug. They're inside the refrigerator. They fall out of the refrigerator. <laughs> like, they're on the bed, and you think that he's fucking her. Yeah. And it's really, he's just <laughs> jumping up and down on the bed. She's, like, faster, faster, flip, flip. And he, like, starts jumping. Um, he, Which, by the way, to our eye, apparently that was just Armand DeSantis like shooting him. a front flip. Yeah, pretty he good. Been, like, an actual trampoline. Yeah, I mean, they might have had him on wires or something, too. But, like, nonetheless, pretty good. Um, like, you buffs, know, her, he literally yeah, he buffs her a Suffer and buffs her bun, yeah. as she says later. Yeah. Right, and like while while he's like on top of her, she's spinning plates with her like <laughs> with her feet in her hands. Yeah, she's holding one in her hand and two on her feet. Yeah, like balancing on her high heeled shoe. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of shoe work. In yeah, this. Well, there's like a rec- there's a lot of recurring gags. There's like the with gag her where, like, shoe. Every time she walks, there's like something on her shoe, and one it's like a fucking carpet tile or something. Yeah. It's the it's the mat it's the it's the the, the pad from inside yeah. the car. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the cop, his cop partner is always eating. <laughs> he's eating it with the mechanics. Like, <laughs> at recess, he's, like, pushing two adults on the swing set while eating nachos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My favorite that I always forget is the, the mechanics where everyone is slipping from all the blood yeah. like, constantly <laughs> behind him. Right. And then at the end of the scene, he turns... He turns around to his, like, subordinate cop and he's like, ah, right, that's it. And then he just, like, falls <laughs> flat in his face with blood. I also love um, how many, like, uh, music gags there are. Like, there's always a sensual saxophone player. There's an actual saxophone Clarence Clemens. Yeah. yeah. There's Clarence Clemens, and then at one time, it's just this white guy. It's, um, no, like, it's, um, fuck it, I can't remember his name. He was, uh, it's another Johnny person. Carson's Johnny, fan oh, leader. Oh, okay. And he's like, and Doc, like, Doc oh, Severson, yeah. I think he, he had a thing to yeah. do tonight. Yeah, like, yeah, he, he had a gig in Washington, so I take it over from him. He's playing, like, the muted trumpet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's also the, uh, I like that. There's like that really intense string music playing, and Sean Young turns it off so she can have a monologue. I loved, and it's never explained why the the bathtub, the bathtub controls the music in one of the scenes. 
Yeah, as he flicks the handles on and off, like up and up and off off the on the bathtub, <laughs> yeah. the music cuts in and out. And I love that that was his like signal, like the the faucet's back on because there's intense strings again. Oh, it's so good. But yeah, there's uh, the. What I always felt, I don't think it's a specific reference, but I always felt that, like, her weird, the secretary's weird flashbacks felt very, like, Vertigo or Hitchcock-y or, like, yeah. Marnie-esque. Yeah. <laughs> Where, like, seeing the show wrinkled towels and be like, oh, the towels. Right, and she flashes back to, like, when her husband made her, like, adjust the towels on their honeymoon. Yeah. His. Yeah. His. Yeah, they all, they say, all his. say his. or mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say, actually, <sighs> upon rewatching this, I think the movie works best when it's not specifically parodying, like, Fatal Attraction yeah, or Basic Instinct. I agree. I think it works best as a parody of, like, noir conventions and thriller movies, yeah, I, rather I than when it's trying to directly riff off those. The things don't necessarily not go together, but I agree. I think it's strongest when it's not doing that. I kept wondering if it was a conscious choice, because there was a lot of the... Um, a lot of those, like, sexy 90s thrillers were also very consciously referencing Hitchcock and Noirs. So... Were they? Yeah, like, Color of Night was doing that. Um, a lot of movies De Palma made at the time was pretty much just yeah, Hitchcock. Yeah, but I don't consider those to be, like, sex, the sexy thrillers in the same sense um, that, like, Fatal Attraction is. But, but I mean, like, uh, that Basic Instinct was marketed as a neo-noir... A lot of these very sexy movies were, like, their way in was that it's like, ooh, it's a steamy no- I don't know. <laughs> I thought maybe that's where he got, that's why he was meshing in noir was because that's, that tends to be those movies reference. Probably just the, the fact that they have this, so I, this is an assumption that I have because I've never seen these movies. Uh-huh. But is, in Fatal Attraction and Basic Instinct, is the main character a cop in one or a lawyer in the other, and is that why he's a cop and a lawyer uh, in Fatal Instinct? I don't really think, that, I don't remember, honestly. I feel like he's a businessman. In Fatal he's Attraction. A, he's definitely a businessman in Fatal Attraction. Because that because felt like such a weird choice that I, I always thought it had to be because of the two movies. Oh, no. I just figured they were doing that just because, like... I mean, it was in funny. The, in these movies, the men are usually cops or lawyers. Yeah. Um, it was I funny. I think he is a... I mean, if only uh, you had a, a device to check this on. I'm pretty sure he's a detective in Basic Instinct. I think, like, part of the issue is is that with any... Almost any parody is better when it's not riffing specifically on another movie. And I not letting it's like, be limited. Yeah. When it's just sort of riffing on the basic concepts and rules of these of the, these genres. Excuse me. Because I think, like, whenever you have something that's riffing specifically off of a moment in pop culture, it gets dated very, very quickly. So, once what? Hey, uh, Michael Douglas is indeed a detective in Basic Instinct. What about Fatal Attraction? He's a businessman. Yeah, he always does the business. Why? Where does that come from, I wonder? That choice always felt very weird and deliberate. I assumed it was just, it was a fun joke. It is a fun joke. You know, he he both puts them behind bars and acts on He, like, arrests them, and then he's reading the part of the Miranda rights. It's like, you have the right to attorney, and then he asks if they have an attorney and gives them the business card. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, it also kind of lets you do a lot of different things, right? Wait, Fatal Attraction? Yeah. He says he works at a New York law firm. Oh. So he is a lawyer. Oh, there you go. There you go. So that, yeah, I that had, yeah, that felt correct to me that, like, it was... I guess he is. I don't think he's, like, oh, right. a and defense lawyer, Yeah, though. but he's, like, a business yeah. lawyer. And, like, yeah. um... I think probably... Glenn Close is, like, his co-worker, right? And they fuck? And then she goes wild nuts? You still have the computer right there. I think they probably turned it into a defense attorney to make the joke about it's funnier. defending yeah. his own people. He's a happily married Manhattan lawyer... Uh, who meets an editor of a publishing company is what it is. Anyway. But yeah, it's... Either way, I do... <laughs> that, that does feel like the weirdest 
bit of the movie. That, that all the weirdest bits of it come from that because well, like the guy that he arrested, the guy that he put in jail. Right. But like he's also that's like the only case he's ever lost or something. Yeah. So like he arrests people and then gets them and then tries to get them off again. Completely free. Yeah. yeah. Scot free. Oh, I love our way into that of uh, the man with the stocking over his head that never leaves, and his whole family is wearing stockings. He has a name. I forget what his name. They have like a name for that bandit. It's love called, that. Like, the, the pantyhose bandit or some stupid like say some goofy name. They're just like, oh my god, when he has the gum, he's chewing. He's everything he eats. He's trying like, to eat, eat through, through the, like, the stocking. It's really unpleasant. <laughs> And he's like munching on gum. Yeah. Like, the judge is like, like wads of gum. <laughs> and then in the next story, he's like slurping a snow cone <laughs> through it or something. So you can't have that unless you brought it up forever, which is the weird, which is, first, that's weird. That's yeah. a weird thing to say as a judge. And then he just like, pulls up a bag of gum. A bag of like double bubble. Yeah, and they cut, cut to like everyone chewing gum. Yeah. Oh, it's a good movie. It's, it's, it's just great. Goo- it's just like a bygone era of like goofy parody that you don't really see anymore. I guess like. Will Ferrell movies are sort of like that. They're closest. I was well, say I mean, those I was gonna... a lot more plot driven though, don't they? I guess. Not I mean, a lot you have a few. More. You have like I don't know, like Shaun of the Dead, obviously being like a parody of zombie movies done yeah. through a comedy lens, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, to a lesser extent, Hot Fuzz too. But they're, those are so like kind of auteur, yeah, and, like indie that I don't like. They're I, I consider them less like. Like a different beast, almost. I mean, I think it's just because all the parody movies became like their that own like sort of Orboros scary movie. of like yeah, like yeah, once scary movie scary became movie. a thing, it's like aha, now we did scary movie. What else do we do? Like, epic we do movie, epic movie, movie, like yeah, all that crap. So it's just like they became like these weird self-contained things that are just designed to parody whatever's in the zeitgeist at that moment, yeah. rather than like like I said, works better when you parody broad strokes rather than a specific thing. Because like if you're parodying like. Juno. Like, what sort of rewatch value does that have ten years later? Like, yeah. who watches this and thinks, like, ah, oh, yes, I remember when Juno fever gripped the nation. <laughs> like, the original scary movie still holds some rewatch, because it, it was doing, like, a, a Bronson movie. They do. I mean, I think, I think the, Although the it first... Although it is mostly scream. The first three or so scary movies, I think, are still pretty solid. Yeah, um, I like the first two. The third one is right. I've never seen it. I haven't seen the third one, to be fair, like, probably since it came out, so I could the be second, very wrong about that. The second one opens up into more, like, it's basically... The second one's like a haunted, haunted house, house, basically. Yeah. House, yeah. I've never seen, like, the not, like, the, I've never seen the ones that came after that, like, teen movie, or, like... No, I never saw any of those okay, either. Okay, though, here's the deal. Not another teen movie? Actually, yeah, not another teen movie is actually a good movie. It's not done by, like, oh, the same also, people. I mean, to bring this back to it... Full-on babe Chris Evans is also in that movie. Yeah, he is. Very funny. Very hunky. Very Um, hunky, very funny. I mean, but you also... So, like, I had made a list real quick. I was just thinking of, like, parody movies that I liked in general. Like, Airplane, obviously, we talked about Blazing Saddles. I mean, Clue and Murder by Death are both still kind of parody movies. They're parodying the... Like, again... Murder by Death is more of, like, a deliberate pastiche. Well, yeah, to, like, detective novels. With more specific references, right? Yeah, Clue is just sort of a parody of an old Dark House-style mystery. It's not doing anything specific. And Which, again, kind of, I think is why it stands on its own a little bit better. And then it just kind of uses the clue framework. Right. And, like, and they came together as, like, a more recent example yeah, to yeah, parodying yeah. rom-com tropes. Uh, I love yeah. that movie. Oh, my God, the basketball scene. Yeah, the it's basketball so scene. It's funny. I just to say, like, random, like, war and Yeah. <laughs> but then, don't you feel like we kind of saw the real-world version of that in, um... Man of Honor? That's, I'm pretty sure that's what they were doing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that they came together is like literally they're just like that scene dialogue together. from that scene, basically. It's <laughs> directly parodying that scene in Maid of Honor. They must be. And also like what Hot American Summer, right? In terms of sort of yeah. a model. Like, that's yeah. like, to be fair, like it's it's sort of just like it's 80s a, camp movie. Like, it's yeah. not really like super specific in oh, terms of yeah, what's parodying. I guess if you squint, it's sort of supposed to be like meatballs. Yeah. Specific, like, like, 
uh, comedy energy behind that. It does it does become its own weird thing for right. Quickly. Well, I mean, that's, especially now, right? Right. Yeah. That's or arguably, I guess, like the best versions of these movies are ones that can stand on their own two feet yeah. by becoming their own thing, rather than just relying on like you know flavor of the moments flash in the pan sort of yeah, like yeah. references. I mean like Airplane know? is still very funny but like I feel like if you're watching Airplane now as a, as like a youth mm-hmm. you're like what it's funny but like what is it talk like you don't really understand well, I mean I think part of it is also just because Airplane culture has changed in general right so like yeah. when they have a Hare Krishna joke like what, what the fuck's a Hare Krishna right. Right? like what are these people doing here yeah. it's not like something that people really recognize yeah these days. so it's um and like going to see the pilot could you imagine that yeah I know like just going oh up and sitting in the cockpit oh my yeah. god they never like you <laughs> they wouldn't, and also just they like wouldn't. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as a, as a reference yeah, point is, yeah. is fading away. Right, exactly. Weirdly enough, like he he's like hailed today as like a writer and an occasional journalist. Yeah, but I mean, it's people are not gonna you know. I know. Remember Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the basketball player, or like why it's funny that he's just like the there ship. as a co-pilot. Yeah. So then, I'm guessing when we look at it. Did this kind of parody mostly end with whatever the last blank movie? Like, of the disaster I mean, movie? I don't want to say it's ended, because who knows when the next one will come. Yeah, sure. But I mean, it's, I think it's been sort of contained entirely to that specific line of But movies. I think there are, yeah, there are, like, eras of parody, I think, you can kind of say. Like, yeah. Like, there are, like, the airplane to this movie era, Fatal Instincts, and there's, like, the scary movie era. Yeah. Um, would you say Team America World Police kind of is I guess. It's kind of. Yeah. I'd say kind of. Kind of, sort of? I don't know if I would have included it immediately, but yeah, kind of. I think it's within the ballpark. I guess. I mean, it's just sort of... What are they parodying with the puppets, specifically? They're I parodying guess, like, sort of like... I mean, they're parodying like American, like, patriot, patriotic... No, I know, like, jingoism. Jingoism. I guess. No, but what but, is the, like, like... But specifically those kinds of action movies that no, are still... No, but like, there are shows. There's, like, a show. No, I know, like, the... I, I know what oh, you mean. The, like, the, the Thunderbirds, Thunderbirds, Thunderbirds or Go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but I'm just... So I'm just saying, like, it's not like they're specifically parodying Thunderbirds or specifically parodying action movies. Yeah. It's sort of like a weird marriage of the two, right? Like, True. in theory, it doesn't need to be a movie with puppets. Like, it could have been a live action movie and it would have just been seen as a straight parody of that sort of movie yeah yeah. but it does do a lot of other goofy things too no it does the, that's the movie with the the rent parody yes it is yes AIDS 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 yeah was that before they did the musical for Book of Mormon yeah yeah yes was that, I wonder if that was a little bit I mean they've done they did some musical they, stuff I mean South Park, Park Bigger Longer Uncut is basically musical yeah no that's true Yes, it is. I never think about that, but and it's definitely not billed as What's one. What's this hockey player that that, that song has? Brian Boitano? He's not a hockey player. He's an ice skater. Oh, he's an ice skater. Yeah. Okay. That's what one of the Brian songs Boitano in South do? Park I, it's, well, I've honestly Boitano seen the movie once. He's here right now. He's he's right now. He's he's right through. That's what Brian Boitano do. Memories. Yeah. When South Park was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Before it poisoned an entire generation of men. Not a little out of touch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like really, really warmed, really warmed some some boys up for uh, the alt right, didn't they? Yeah. Um, and on that note, do we have any other like fun lights? It was a, it was a great movie. Yeah, I actually movie. highly suggest if you have a way to get your eyeballs on it, you should. Yeah, it's, it's a mystery. It's, it's fun. I was looking into it. It was not very well regarded at the time when really? it came out. Yeah, it was Bummer. not well reviewed. Um, I mean, I stand by what I said in terms of I think the better jokes are the ones that are just about like more in general versus 
specifically mm. parodying those two movies, and perhaps had the movie kind of just stuck to like a general kind of noir thriller Hitchcocky parody. It might be like, it, yeah, it might have been a much like better movie, but it's it's entertaining. Like I said, the jokes come so fast that like if you don't like one, something better will happen within the next ten seconds. So that being said, I would I would kind of like to see that uh, that similar approach applied to like a full on like nineties sex thriller with. You know what I mean? I guess. I don't know if I care. (laughs) I don't know if I care enough about those movies to see a parody of them. I know, but I just mean, like, I I am interested to know what those jokes would be like if they are sitting on their own in their own specific tone and world. I don't know enough about that. Yeah, I mean, how how many other ones were there? 96 there There were tons. Sliver. Yeah, I don't know if I consider that to be, like, the same sort of genre, really, but... I mean, uh, single white female is considered to be within that group. I mean, it's... I guess. I mean, it's mostly, like, it's mostly, like, crazy women. Like, crazy women is kind of the fatal crazy attraction women basic and, instinct. Um, uh, these women must have the main characteristic. Right. And but then it's, like, that they're sometimes. evil. Yeah, then they yeah. turn out to be evil because they had sex Body with Body of evidence. Um, Body of evidence is crazy, too. Well, maybe you should get to work writing, Chris. Um, that one where... Um, full disclosure? Is that what it's called? Yeah. It's the one where Demi I think Moore, clearly um, we've stumbled on one of Chris's niches. Yeah. I love, sex thrillers. I love terrible yeah. sex thrillers. I love them. Because they're so convinced how hot they are that it's always, like, silly and dumb looking. Um, especially, yeah, Demi Moore, like, basically, like, sexually harasses Michael Douglas and then tries to get him fired for sexual harassment. A movie that can truly has everything a wrong very, with it. A very premium, a very movie. timely movie. <laughs> yeah. A movie that we should all watch and think about right yeah. now. Yeah, because you know who the real victims are in sexual harassment cases men. in the workplace. Men, always men, always men. Anyway, yeah. uh, hit him with the socials, Brandon. Wow. Okay. Facebook.com slash Why Watch Podcast is our Facebook page. Give us a like there. www.trappack.com is our website. That's it. Woo! All right. Let's we'll be back in two weeks with our full episode of Nanny Diaries. Nanny Diaries. Nice. Nice. Bye. Bye. Bye.